0: You are listening to episode 144, and today we're talking about how playing small can equate to small self-care, and then how limiting beliefs can surface because of this lack of self-care, and ways that we can address these limiting beliefs with ease. Take a listen. Hey, friends, welcome back to Same Boat Huddle, the podcast where we have real, raw, and honest talk about life as mothers. I'm your host, Aaron Miller of Aaron Joyce Co. I'm a certified counselor, personal development mentor for mothers, an author, and a published photographer. know, quite a mix of things, right? (laughs) Becoming a wife to my main squeeze 10 years ago was a dream come true. I was on cloud nine. I was a new wife. I had just started my counseling career and my life was organized and I had energy to do all of the things. Fast forward five years from then, I had left my career. I was home with two babies while building my photography business and was hardly able to keep my head above water. Despite having an amazing husband, healthy children, and a beautiful home, I felt completely lost in my overwhelm. I was burnt out and then I hit rock bottom in my daily debilitating anxiety and I thought, this cannot be happily ever after. There has to be more than this. And guess what, mama? There is. I get you. I hear you. I see you. I am you. I believe that every single mother can rewrite her story no matter what chapter she's on. You deserve more than Than the disheveled, burnt out, anxiety ridden version of yourself that is hardly able to keep her head afloat. It's in this podcast that I am sharing how you can do that. Every week I'm chatting about all of the tools and knowledge that I've collected over the past few years. These are the tools that not only pulled me out of survival mode, but are allowing me to thrive in motherhood. And guys, oh my gosh, I love my life so much, and it can be you too. Each episode, whether it's just me chatting or an interview interview with an amazing guest. It's going to be jam-packed with content, inspiration, and heart. Are you ready to rewrite your story? Well, grab my hand and let's do this. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sing Boat Huddle. My name is Erin Miller of Erin Joyce Co. I'm so, so happy to have you here. Uh, Truly, I truly, when I say that, I'm so grateful to have you pressing play on the podcast today for yourself. Um, And just taking the time, you know, our time is so valuable, our energy is so valuable. And to know that you are listening to this episode or other episodes Um, And choosing this to be the priority for you and your energy and knowing that this is going to serve you today is such a beautiful energetic exchange between us. And I'm unbelievably grateful to have this space and this connection with you. So thank you for being here Um, today. I will one, the sound might be different because I'm not using my typical microphone. I'm sitting in my living room with uh, two sleeping setters and praying that a delivery truck doesn't come to our house, uh, that a person does not walk by, (laughs) and that they don't wake up and start barking. But such is life, it may happen. I find this is easier than crating the dogs and going to my office. Um, And I'm doing this on a weekday, and I typically do it on the weekend when everyone is home. So anyway, I want to share some insight that I've had this week. So as I always share, I typically have discussions on the podcast around things that are relevant in my own life. And I like to do that because I find that there are themes, meaning if I'm dealing with it, it seems that other people are dealing with it. And um, I think that's really valuable. I think it's this beautiful alignment. And there are a couple of things that really come up and I'm kind of going to pull them in together, but it's this whole idea of playing small, but how this really affects how we end up taking care of ourselves. And I think that there's a connection there with Our um, minimizing of our self-care, I think, is connected to our playing small. And then also tying this into limiting beliefs and how these two things connected for me. Um, So I'll talk a little bit about myself in this episode as the frame of reference, but I am going to try and share it in a way that this is for you. Um, Because I think it was a really, really powerful lesson that I learned this week and I always say in the breakdown there's a breakthrough and I would truly say I kind of had a breakdown this week it's not a bad thing it's not something like pity me I think they're awesome like they're such phenomenal opportunities they're super uncomfortable Uh, typically it's like oh I don't feel like going through this because the the feelings are uncomfortable Uh, but always 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 if you take the space and time to and the energy to really work through what is coming up, you almost always come out on the other side with clarity and you feel bigger and you feel lighter and feel even more healed. And ultimately that's, that's all of it is that if you are, and I just said this to, um, uh, someone who I was speaking with this morning, I think one of my LGA students that as long as you are growing, you are going to, um, have discomfort, you know, that there are going to be uh, there's going to be learning. There's going to be healing. There's going to be discomfort. There's going to be comfort. Uh, there's there's this constant peak and valley through our growth. So if you're not growing, you're stagnant. There's no movement. It's just like this steady line uh, and just complete comfort. And some people desire that, but that's that's a different conversation. But um. Basically, I'll share what happened for me so that we can have some context around what I'm explaining. I am someone who I like, I play small, big time. I, um, I have a core belief that I'm not enough that not even that I'm not enough, but anything I do isn't enough that I I don't quite hit the mark. Um, I fall short. It's not as good as comparison, fill in the blank. Uh, and I think many of us, especially entrepreneurs, ambitious people can find themselves in that place. I understand that. But I found that, um, I, so if I really sit and think I've done, I've done a crap ton of stuff in the past year, you know, we're reaching a year since, uh, 14 days to flatten the curve. <laughs> Everyone's joking. And in that time I handed in a manuscript and published a book I created, designed, you know, outsourcing to, um, but creating a planner, a prototype planner that's out there. I designed Layered Growth Academy, like rewrote the copy and content to a 16-week program, launched it, overbooked it. I've launched it again. Um I did virtual learning through a, I I period, I parented through a pandemic. Period. That's it. Like if nothing else, that's so much that is so much. <laughs> Uh, and have dealt with um, everything that comes with all that very unpredictable schedules we've been dealing a lot of weather stuff there and I'm probably forgetting other things because I play so small Um, I've continually done this podcast like I've dealt with a lot of wedding photography stuff all of those things and all I look at is what have I not accomplished and holy cow is that playing small right so I just went through, um, the past few weeks have been tough. I think for a lot of people in my area, simply because of the chaos of what our weather has done to our day to day. It's really fun to have a snow day here and there, but we've dealt with a lot of virtual learning, a lot of unpredictable scheduling, like up until the night before, sometimes the morning of a lot of shifting of my schedule of the kids schedule um, it's this constant, as a mother, that invisible load was so heavy. You know, just trying to organize uh, grocery shopping so that we'd have enough before the next storm and not be running out and being in the midst of all of the other uh, shoppers and, and um, washing clothing because my kids are in a Catholic school so they actually have to wear a certain uniform when they're home virtual learning and it's only the only have one of these shirts. And like, you know, just those that all of that stuff things have just been chaotic in its energy because of that. Um, and meanwhile, while all this is going on, I was launching the Layered Growth Academy again. And anyone who does coaching work understands what I mean when I say I launched a program. If you're not a coach or a mentor uh, or don't have an offering in what you do a launch, it is an unbelievably intense. It's very strategic. Um, I'm not I'm not all strategic like I bring in that feminine energy as well but between i <clears throat> um, doing a free webinar, scheduling different emails, um, scheduling the phone calls and trying to adjust those based on if there's going to be a snow day or not, um, just the emotional output because you know, launching a program is very personal and can hold some emotions for yourself as well. Um, holding that energetic, emotional space for those who are applying to the program or looking or considering um, and trying to keep a very, not trying, but I do. It's not It's not a matter of trying. I use my energy to keep a very genuine and authentic space for the women who are um, putting themselves out there to consider doing this program with me. <clears throat> so I do all of that. And, um, we, I, the enrollment period ends and I feel like I just crash. you know, we're back to a normal schedule with school. Um, the program enrollment is closed. I have my ladies. I'm so excited. And I just kind of fell apart unexpectedly too. I just couldn't quite put my finger on it. And I just reached this, this point, I was just being filled with these old stories and these old limiting beliefs around not being enough and it's like I don't even I didn't even know where it was coming from really because I've I've done so much work for myself on this stuff which brings me to um how limiting beliefs can really pop up out of nowhere so the reason I feel that this happened and it brought me into thinking into the bigger picture of how, what lesson is for me, but what lesson is for you is that what I'm, I'm realizing is that when we play small, I think it's almost like this. We, I think when you, when you hear like you play small, I almost equate it to like a really romanticized modesty. Like, yes, I do. Cause I'm modest. And that's, that's a nice thing to be, but it's not a nice thing to be. Playing small isn't a nice thing to be because you are doing a disservice to yourself. And I think it's hard to really step in and own what you're doing in your life, whether you're parenting through a pandemic or homeschooler, virtual, like anything with parenting. Um, if you've left your job, if you started a job, if you started your own business, if you chose to leave a relationship, if you chose to start a relationship, if you keep your house clean, if you choose to Uh, Not prioritize the cleanliness of your house. Like, whatever you're doing in your life, it's big stuff. And we constantly choose to play small in it. And when we're playing small, we're not owning who we are as women, as humans, and the decisions that we are choosing every single day, which are good choices, totally outside of the measurement that society wants to put on it. Because we could so, and that's the thing, we constantly find the measurement to make it look like it's a bad choice or we're not doing enough, right? And it's almost like then we punish ourselves that when we're playing small, we don't honor how much output we have given into our life, into those around us, into our spaces, into our work, into our relationships, into just into life. And because we're not honoring the big energetic output, we're not honoring the necessary input, meaning our self care. So this is... Um, and self-care, I feel like this is a constant conversation. I don't actually, like I've come to the point, I don't believe in the term self-care. I believe in the term self-discipline of taking care of yourself, the discipline of taking care of yourself. It self-care for me is, um, more luxurious and, um, more intermittent and not needed as often. It's more, it's just a luxury, um, it can definitely cross over with some self-care things, but I find the discipline of taking care of yourself is going to bed and getting enough sleep, limiting your alcohol intake, removing toxins from your life, being sure that you're planning your meals so that however that looks, I don't do meal prep, but I plan so that I'm eating whole foods and, and nourishing my body, taking my supplements, hiring coaches to help my physical well-being, my mental well-being, Um, spending that money on myself, outsourcing things, asking for help, having tough conversations with my husband or with a family member or a friend, um, or with myself, taking the time to wake up in the morning to journal, to meditate, dedicating to personal development and stepping back when I need to step back and setting in those boundaries. All these things are really hard. None of this is easy. So when you see people doing this stuff I think sometimes we wait for the ease of like, oh, when it feels easier for me, I can be like them again, comparing ourselves. None of what I do is easy. I've created a habit out of a lot of stuff. So I find sometimes it's harder to not do those things because I feel worse, but it took a ton of work to get to that point. But what I find is that when we are playing small in our life, we don't recognize how much we need to take care of ourselves in correlation to how much energy we're putting out. So if we're playing small, like say, say we realistically, if you wanna put a measure, just a measurement to it, you've probably say, um, how do I wanna measure this? Put out, we'll talk in pounds. You've put out 60 pounds of energy this week. 60 pounds. But because you're playing small, you're like, ah, it's not that much. And equate it to like maybe 10 pounds. Like I really didn't do that much. I'm not even honoring how much I put out. And then because of that, you're then putting like five or 10 pounds back in. And because you're playing small, so you don't see how much you need to put back in because you're not even recognizing, acknowledging how much you put out. So because you're playing small, we're playing small in our self-care and taking care of ourself and, and doing that. So for me, what happened, I think that's what happened. (laughs) So whether it's over a week or a year of recognizing and really acknowledging how much did I put out? And now because of that, how much do I have to put in? It's literally the same as how much gas you put into your car. It doesn't matter. Like if you drive faster or, you know, city miles, highway miles might determine how, how quickly the gas leaves the car. But like, Once you get to, you know, my tank is say 22 gallons. Once you've used 22 gallons of gas, whether you did that in a day or three weeks, once those 22 gallons are gone, you have to put 22 gallons back in, right? So the same thing with our energetic output, like they're there this year, I put out a hundred pounds, but in other years I may have only put out 50 And this, the past three weeks, I think just in the past three weeks, I put out 100 pounds, right? But I didn't acknowledge it, so I didn't put anything back in. I really, I did not acknowledge it at all. I did not acknowledge that I... I, I organized, I put out a planner and organized for a beta group to use it. I didn't acknowledge how difficult it was to have such unpredictable schedules and snow days. I dealt with it with all of the tools that I have and I felt like I did it really well. I did great. That's the thing. I did like effing awesome because of all the tools that I have that I teach the women in LGA. And because of that though, I didn't, I played small. I did not acknowledge how awesome I did. I didn't, I didn't acknowledge it. So because of that, I, I didn't recognize how much I had to put back in. And my body responded. And my body responded by bringing up old limiting beliefs. So lesson one is really recognizing and acknowledging how, that we need to take care of ourselves. And that when we're playing small in our output, we're playing small in our input. And that it equals burnout you know, it's trying to drive the car on fumes and eventually no gas. And then you just can't go anywhere. You just completely burn out. So today I really want you to take the time to sit and ask yourself, how much am I putting out? And am I putting that much back in? Listen, mama, I heard you. I just heard you. You're saying, Aaron, I'm putting out so much. It's literally impossible to put that much back in to refill the tank. I get it. I get it. I get it. I, I, often say, I feel like I have an empty bottom on, on my cup. Like I'm pouring into it, but it just, whoop, it's right back out. And we're in a very unprecedented time. I, I know we're all looking forward to precedented times again, they will come, but it's a matter of recognizing, like, it's just not going to function the same, but to, to know your gas mileage is um, like the gas efficiency in your car sucks right now. And we can't buy a new car yet. We can't take it to the mechanic. I don't know. I live in metaphors. Hopefully this is resonating with you. And we just kind of have to deal with the fact that our car sucks at how it uses gas. And and I, maybe this isn't the best metaphor because I don't think you are the car that you're not using gas efficiently. I think our current state um, of our country is the car that's not using gas efficiently. And oh gosh, I feel like I'm kind of digging a hole here. It just in the way of our circumstances are what's creating the inefficiency. I think that that's what I'm trying to say. And that's okay. It just is what it is right now. If we fight against it, it's gonna make it feel worse. It's just a matter of, okay, I need to regularly focus on stopping at more gas stations. I need to, so I, I need to regularly focus on the fact that while in the past I, I benefited really well with five minutes of meditation and 10 minutes of journaling in the morning, I need a whole lot more than that. Or I can't get that because my kids wake up. I need to really be have the discipline to go to bed early to be sure that I can do those things at night um, or whatever that looks like. I could share a ton of examples. So really acknowledge your output in its entirety and in its wholeness without the small label, if you have, and that's something I might have to do is to write down what did I do this week to really see like, Oh, Oh, like even last week, less than two weeks ago, like 10 days ago, my kids had a snow day. And then the next day they had a delay and it was over the weekend that I really started to fall apart. I for- I didn't even realize that I, I was still in the thick of my chaotic week. I thought it was like the week before. I lost all sense of time because I didn't acknowledge my output is my lesson there, okay? So what I wanna share with the limiting belief part is that as I was working through my own limiting beliefs, and I shared some of this in my stories on Instagram this week, so if you have been watching, you you may have already heard this, um, another metaphor coming your way, that I was talking with a friend about it and she just made this, this funny comment where she's like, those limiting beliefs are like weeds. They just keep popping back up. And obviously I take metaphors to the nth degree and really this visual made so much sense to me because here's the thing. And so we through, there's my cuckoo clock. There you go. Real life <laughs> in LGA, we have a whole module on working on limiting beliefs and it really is shaking the rug. And what's so important to understand is that it's not in a module inside a 16 week course that you're going to identify all of your limiting beliefs, figure out how to tackle them and get rid of them and be done. You have spent decades living inside of these limiting beliefs and it takes constant effort and work to deroot the system of this belief. So if you think about um, a, a, uh, a bed of weeds, the weeds take... They they grow pretty quickly, but man, they're monsters, right? They have such an intricate system of roots beneath the bed, and the longer you let those weed those weeds go, the the deeper and more intricate that root system becomes, and it's harder to keep them away. So, and I understand this, and I think it resonated with me so much because my husband and I have a knack for buying foreclosed properties. And uh, I, I can't even tell you how many um, how many houses the landscaping has just been relentless, in, including the house that we're in, trying to get rid of these weeds that we spend so much work, even like skid steer digging of of trying to rid the beds of these weeds, and then spring comes and it's like, whoop, they pop back up and It's like, oh, I thought we got these and that's very much what it feels like to work through your limiting beliefs that you do all of this intense work to like, you know, you have this overgrown bed of weeds and you spend intense work. You ask for help. You get the skid steer. You start digging into these beds to rip this stuff out. And after a lot of intense work, you stand back and you're like, wow, look at the work I did. This is phenomenal. It's beautiful. Go me. And then you get a little bit of rain and the seasons change. And all of a sudden you see the weeds, start to grow back. So here's the thing though, is that in order to continue to de-root, I don't even know if that's a word, but de-root this, this system that's underneath the ground, you need to pull the weeds again as soon as you see them. Cause what happens if you don't, they take over again in the blink of an eye. And then you're kind of back to square one. It's like, then you have to work really hard again to get rid of what's come up. But you're just reinforcing the root system that's underneath. Like you're not changing the root of the weed. You're not changing the root of your limiting belief. So as soon as you see those weeds pop up again, go tackle them. Just, gr- just grab them. It's so much less work to just, okay, I'm going to take 10 minutes and I'm going to start pulling these weeds again. And then every time you see them keep going and going and going, and what you'll find is that they begin to show up less and less and less until that root system is demolished and, and can't function anymore. And now you don't deal with this massive weed system. That's very much how limiting beliefs are, that there's this initial tackle that is that feels so draining and so hard and takes so much work and you usually need help whether it's through a therapist or a mentor or a coach to really work through these limiting beliefs but then the season changes or a good rain comes or whatever it is and the weeds start to pop back up and these I keep talking in the metaphor and I'm trying to bring it back to like applying it to real life so for in my example I have this root System that I'm not enough. That no matter what I do, I'm not enough, and it comes from my external validations. Like, did I get the external validation I was looking for to validate the fact that I'm enough? And I have tackled this big time to the point where I've, I truly feel free from that. But something happened. Something triggered. I don't. I don't know if it was a really fruitful rain that happened, um, possibly with everything that happened this past year, and this weed came out of nowhere. This limiting belief that has taken me down most of my life popped back up. And the thing is, is I saw it immediately and what I did to move. And I think this is helpful because I need you to hear what it feels and looks like to actually weed these limiting beliefs. I, um, fell into numbing um just for like a day maybe two of like I couldn't even focus on reading I was scrolling on my phone I was uh you know things were literally happening around me whether like the puppy peed on the floor the kids were calling my name and I was just shut down and um and then finally by like the end of that day I just cried and lately I haven't been crying very much I've noticed and I can't tell if I'm numbing avoiding or if I'm non-reactive because of all the work I've done, which I actually think it's that. And I just sobbed. I I cried into my husband's chest and I wiped my tears away and then went upstairs and just sobbed in the shower. Like the, almost like the soundless sobs that I was crying so hard. And I just allowed myself to cry and had that day of numbing and crying, like the release that happened. And then I resorted to, I don't like the word resort because it sounds like, a last resort I chose to open up to um, a very dear friend of mine who I knew could hold really substantial space for me to both reflect back to me what she was hearing to ask me tough questions to begin to change my lens but also help me feel very safe and validated and secure in that conversation um, and unjudged and just truly loved unconditionally. I also talked to my friend who gave me the weed. Uh, metaphor. Uh, and I, definitely, of course, my husband held my chin up the whole time. Um, and I, I took the time to really be vulnerable and open up to very important safe people that I have in my life. And, and I have so many more than just them. They just, I think sometimes like whoever crosses the path in the moment of your breakdown is who, <laughs> who holds you and helps you back up. Um, and that happened to be them and, and my husband's always there. Um, and I also really took time to add in a whole lot more um, of that taking care of myself stuff. So a lot of journaling. I did a whole lot more card pulling and just created a ton of space or a meditation EFT tapping. I added in a ton of that. Added in more time in front of my sun lamp. Um, took a lot more time to be outside and move my body. And um, it really turned back to eating better. So I, it's basically like... I went from this triggered and then responded in an old way of numbing and then immediately allowed myself to feel the feelings and to fall apart and then really spend time reflecting and utilizing my people and my tools to help me make sense of what I was feeling. And that's what I mean by like, pull the weed right away, not not avoiding it, not being like, oh my gosh, I feel the feelings. And here's what I would have done in the past. I would have felt the numbing and knew like, okay, this is coming up. I feel like crap. This is why this is what's coming up for me. And then, um, stay in my numbing until it was so numbed. It was like, okay, I don't feel it anymore. I can move on. And that's pushing it down. Allowing yourself to move through, to move through the emotion is crying into your husband's chest or your pillow or your friend's shoulder whatever I don't know that that can be literal or figurative and taking that time to connect with others to to go to your therapist to reach out to your mentor to um to journal to meditate to do all of those things and really access and dig into like where is this coming from why is this coming up again so taking that time that that it's unbelievably uncomfortable. It comes with a lot of shame. It comes with a lot of judgment towards yourself, um, and can make you feel really, really, really bad. But what's amazing is when you really just give yourself the space to feel that discomfort, you come out on the other side, feeling really, really good. And with a ton of clarity and you feel lighter and, um, filled with so much more gratitude and, Connecting with yourself and others in vulnerability is remarkable. It's magical. It's uncomfortable. And then it just creates such magic. So when your limiting beliefs come up, I really strongly encourage you to take that time and that self-discipline to figure out how to pull it, how to heal yourself, how to nurture yourself. And this isn't you know, dealing with limiting beliefs, it's not helpful to respond in a masculine way. So that's like, stop crying. You're better than that. You're falling backwards. You're get. you're having a setback. No, this is the time to become mom to yourself. This is the time to go, Oh, honey, you're so loved. I hope, you, I hope you see what I see in you. You're such a beautiful person. Like, How would you speak to your child if they were having this breakdown? That's what you need to do for yourself. If you would nurture your child with um, a bath and a bowl of chicken noodle soup and let's get outside, honey. Let's go for a walk around the block. Those are the things that you're going to do for yourself when you're moving through limiting beliefs that come up. You know, you wouldn't say to your kid, come on, you're better than that, let's go. And some of us would, and and that's part of, you know, again, there's a rabbit hole, I won't go down. But to, to nurture yourself and mother yourself through the weeds is so important. And that's what's going to remove that rooted system, that intricate rooted system. So now I know if I see the weed come up again, if I see this limiting belief come up again, number one, I'm positive it's gonna probably be smaller. It's not gonna come up as big if it does, that's okay. There's, I, you know, that's okay. And I know how to support myself, but I learned so much through, through this moment in my life that I just had in experiencing this limiting belief again, that it's like, once you see it, you can't unsee it. So I I saw the clarity and like, Oh, I know how to support myself here. I know how to think differently. I know how to see this differently. I can choose this different perspective that I gained through talking through uh, EFT tapping, through meditating, through journaling, through my card pulls, that I was able to come to a space of seeing this differently. So if it does come back, it's gonna come back smaller. If it doesn't, I'm gonna be able to respond similarly to how I did now because uh, it's now, now a repeated experience, right? And that's how we begin to really demolish that root system that is creating those limiting beliefs. So I share all of this to explain that One, take care of your darn self, (laughs) take care of yourself and acknowledge your output and don't play small because ultimately playing small is burning you out. It's killing you. It's making you sick. And it's okay to say, I use 22 gallons of gas for my tank and I need to put 22 gallons back in. Okay. And there are going to be times where it's like, I put 22 out. I need to put 10 in. I put 10 out. I need to put five in. But recognize soon you're going to get to zero, right? So we need to really um, help balance ourselves in that way. And we'll get through this. We'll get through it. We'll get through it together. Uh, we can do those uncomfortable things and make it through to the other side. And the other part of this is to recognize that when these limiting beliefs come up, when in these times of vulnerability, it's it takes discomfort and attention intention awareness to see those limiting beliefs what is the poker saying i see your oh i'm going to raise you see it and raise it you know be able to um choose to acknowledge that limiting belief and then mother yourself and know that as you do that you are healing yourself so is it a mistake that i didn't take care of myself well enough And this huge limiting belief came back up. No, it's actually really awesome because I I don't think like obviously this rooted limiting belief was sitting under there and it wouldn't have come up in this way had I not had this happen. So I think there's, there's this opportunity. I share that because there's no way to do this perfectly. There are going to be times where you play small and you get burnt out and there are going to be times that limiting beliefs come up. And the whole point is that all of these experiences are growth opportunities, but it's just that they're opportunities and we have to choose to take the opportunity to grow from it. And if we don't, it's just going to continue to be pushed down. And every time it tries to come back out to be healed, it's going to be bigger and bigger and bigger and more uncomfortable until eventually you can't choose to push it back down again. And you have your, your complete breakdown. Like, you know, I had to sell my business and close up shop or I, you know, you're sick and you're in the hospital or, um, I went through massive anxiety and had years that I had to pull myself out of that. Like eventually, if you don't acknowledge this stuff and take care of yourself, you soon won't have the choice and you'll still be okay (laughs) because we can't go through this perfectly. We can't get everything right every single time, but we can continue to Take in information and have that intention. You know, taking the information like this episode and be like, okay, I see it, I hear it, I am understanding this. I can try to integrate this and apply this the next time it comes up for me. And you might not get it right, and I, there is no right, there is no wrong. It's just choice. Okay. So I feel like I could just go on and on, um, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to leave it there. So weed your your garden beds and um, don't play small. Take care of yourself. Uh, and I think that's all. So as always, when you, when you guys reach out to me, I'll say this every episode, I can't even tell you how much it means to me. I am so much of a person (laughs) and I don't know, like, I don't know who I talk to. I don't always know who listens, but I do know when you reach out to me and I am just as human and just as much of a person as you are. And I crave that connection in the same way. And, um, I want to hear from you. I love to talk to you. I love to know what resonated with you and what supported you. I love to hear what you would love to hear so I know how to serve you better through um, what I share here in the podcast. And uh, it just, it means the world. And as also, I always share that I think some of the most profound moments have been those text messages of, I think you would love this podcast. And then it connects me to a person who... Either, either the episode changed the trajectory of my life because it shifted how I see myself or the world or what I'm doing, or it's connected me with a person and um, has changed the trajectory in that way. Um, that happened, I'll actually say two coaches that I've hired, the the, the women who have changed my life the most, I'll say their names because I love them, is Heather Chauvet of Moms in Control and Jen Pike, her podcast is called The Simplicity Project. These two women... I have chills, are remarkable human beings. And simply through people sharing their podcasts, I didn't know they existed, and just that little text of, hey, I, I was thinking of you when I listened to this podcast, you might like it, ended up opening my world into realizing these are women who can help change my life. And I hired both of them, and I gave them a ton of money because the energetic exchange is worth every bit of it. And they've changed my life, and that wouldn't have happened if those people didn't say, Hey, I think you would like this podcast. So, I say that because there's again, don't play small. You know, we, we're so like, Eh, you know, I don't know if it like there's no point, and there is because someone might need it for them. Um, and that's amazing, and that's what a collective is that we all lift each other up, we all help each other, and our actions have some really beautiful consequences by doing something like that. So never hesitate to, if you think of someone or if you feel like sharing it on social or something like that, never hesitate because uh, you could be changing someone's life. And how amazing is that? Like what a gift. What a gift to, to know that that could be happening. So um, my Instagram is at Aaron Joyce Coe. Uh, You can find more information at ErinJoyceMentoring.com on the Layered Growth Academy. I will definitely be adding some things soon. I have some awesome ideas coming up. To really stay in the loop, be sure you sign up for my email list. It's on the main page of ErinJoyceMentoring.com at the bottom. Or you can sign up for the pop-up for the free anxiety tips to manage your anxiety giveaway. Um, And you'll be on the email list. And I think that's all, my friends. I hope you have such a beautiful week. Treat others the way you want to be treated, and I will talk to you next time. Hey, guys. Before you go, we have a couple favors to ask. Leave a rating and a review. Your ratings and reviews tell the podcast people that this podcast is worth listening to, and then they help it get to the people who need to hear it. Also, don't forget to take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at Erin Co. I love seeing which episodes you love and you also get to help me get the message out to other mamas that life can be pretty amazing. And if you're not a part of my free Facebook group, be sure to join. It's called Same Boat Huddle. Kind of easy to remember, right? It's the safe space to connect with other women just like you and to also get even more of me. I can't wait to see you there. That's it. Don't forget. Treat treat others the the way way you want want to be treated. treated. Have a great week.